Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, welcome to So I Got To Thinking, the weekly Sex in the City podcast where we take the timeless questions of Carrie Bradshaw and apply them to modern life and love. You are listening to Come See, Come Saw, Dylan B. Jones and bitchy little pine nut, Juno Dawson. <laughs> Hi. As long as you didn't sleep with that bitchy little pine nut. <laughs> this episode. It's me. I'm the bitchy little pine nut. <laughs> this episode, we've already said it, but uh, and we agreed, didn't we? Where the, mm-hmm. We're on the same page. It's both of our favourite episode ever for both of us. Yeah. It, and I think having literally just watched it this lunchtime, I would say it is still right up there. If I had to pluck one out of thin air, I think this is the one I would say. I think as we come to the end of our run, maybe we will come up with a top five, but this would definitely be in my top five. I would need, and if I have to think about it, then it probably means this is still my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, it's just so good. We get Soho House, we get Jerry Mm -hmm. Halliwell, we get Mm -hmm. an LGBT prom with Lady Bonnie and Amanda Lepore. We get, 100%. we get David Duchovny. Like, I mean, what more can you do in this heat? <laughs> what else can you do? Yeah, I mean, it's so good. So Dylan, start us off because this is—we're just saying words. Yeah, right now. Tell us what up in the pot, up in the pot, it's synopsis, and what what actually happens this week. So I, yeah, you're right. I did think we need, we need to be careful not to just screech quotes at each other for this one because it is one of those. <laughs> yes, um, so it is we a won't. Danger, yeah, we won't. We'll get, we'll do the quotes when we get to the quotes. Um, so Carrie uh, uh, sort of bumps into her or like arranges to meet her high school sweetheart. Mm. It's not 100 percent clear why or how they arranged to meet, but that's fine. Um, David, played by David Duchovny, who must have been fresh off of the X Files, or was the X Files much? Very off? fresh off the X Files, yeah. yeah. Fresh off the X Files, David Duchovny. Um, so they meet, uh, and it turns out that things are a bit more complicated in his life than she sort of thought they would be. Um, so uh, her storyline is about her navigating that. Miranda and Dr. Robert Leeds. Miranda is trying to figure out their relationship how romantic is it is he just being friendly um uh samantha is trying to get into soho house because she's too hot and they've got a pool (laughs) i mean relatable that is the plot you're right i mean when you when you say it like that yep that's true yeah that is the plot and uh nothing for charlotte nothing at all for charlotte she just sort of floats around 
Well, Charlotte does oh, actually, cause massive drama <laughs> for Paul, Stanford and Paul. That's um, sorry, my God, Marcus. <laughs> well, I mean... He's depends. not called Paul, as we will discover later. It depends what year it is. Whether If it's 1992, oh. he's called Paul. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it. Um, Anthony divulges to Charlotte something to do with uh, Stanford. Basically, it's gay drama for Charlotte this week. Gay Charlotte, drama. Charlotte gets yeah. embroiled in gay drama. Uh, so yeah. The overarching theme is school. High school. High school. Yes. Lots of high school tropes for us to enjoy. Let's, well, as we go through the episode, we will spot the high school tropes. Um, as Carrie ponders, did we have it right in high school? Um, mm. Which is the question Dylan and I will endeavour to answer this week. Mm. Oh, and it's um, episode 10, Boy Interrupted, we should say. Oh, so. Boy Interrupted, yeah. <laughs> so we've not even said that. I yes. watched Girl Interrupted the other day for the first time. You'd never seen it before? No. Uh, and I was a little bit uh, let down, to be honest. Um, it's, uh, mm. it's a bit... Uh, I mean, what a cast, but... Yes. Uh, there were parts where I was a bit like, oh, I can tell this was made 20 years ago. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it kind of it was like Angelina Jolie's big breakthrough. Mm. Like, she'd done gone... I think she'd done um, Hackers, but... Boy Interrupted felt... Well, she was Oscar... Did she won. win the Oscar? She won the, won the Oscar, she yeah. She won the Oscar, yeah. Winona Ryder notably did not win Best Actress. Well, I mean, to um, be fair, like, Angelina gave 500% in that film and Winona Ryder gave about 5%, in my opinion. But um. It's a funny film. All I remember is Brittany Murphy keeping chickens under her bed. Oh, yeah, she was great in it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she was great. Brittany Murphy. Yeah. I love Brittany. Right, um, yes. Um, okay, let's start with... Um, Carrie yes. and Jeremy. I love this again. Sex in the City always works best when Carrie is single. Yeah, and she is dating, and her high school boyfriend has. So I think they do give an explanation. He tells her that he is in town for work. That he's in Connecticut. Oh no, he tells her he's taking some time out. Yes, that's it. Yeah, and he wanted to look her up while he was close to New York. Yeah, although actually, fact fans, Connecticut is still. A sizable drive from Manhattan, it has to be said. <laughs> um, but yes, anyway, um, they go out for dinner. Carrie, very wisely, has fictionalised dinner plans for if he turned out to be weird. Um, and he sees right through that. Yeah, um, which I quite I quite liked her just sort of admitting to that as well. She was yeah. like, yeah, mm, I might have made My some fictional fictional... <laughs> plans fell through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I quite liked her for that. <laughs> um. They have really, to say he's only in just this one episode, they have really good chemistry. I wrote the same um, in my notes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, David Duchovny is a phenomenal actor. He is very good in Californication. He is very good in The X-Files. He is very good in Zoolander. <laughs> um, was... It's weird, it's weird that he hasn't done more i think the last time i saw him in something non-x-files related was he was in the absolutely woeful reboot of the craft mm. which was called the craft legacy <laughs> but i think his role had been very very massively rewritten on set oh shit because right. i can see what they're trying to do there and it just isn't in the finished product mm. um but I've always thought, obviously, he was a foundational '90s crush. Oh god, like, yeah. Did you were you into Fox Mulder? Uh, yes, yeah. And there was a photo shoot they did him and Gillian Anderson mm-hmm. with um, oh, I've forgotten, but it was like a crazy 
um, like space age photo shoot and there's a picture of him like on his knees shirtless in a pair of leather trousers and that was a formative photograph for me when I saw it <laughs> that photo made you gay um... yeah for obvious reasons yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah I remember there was one of them in bed together yes that's was the one... same shoot yeah yeah there was one where she had oh, she had her hands shoved in his trench coat pocket that was vaguely suggestive as well um, he's just really good at sexual chemistry with, with very petite female actors what can I say because Obviously, him and Gillian Anderson zinged yep. for nine years on the X Files. Um, David LaChapelle, that was it. Was it David LaChapelle? Yeah. He's, he's, he's a very good photographer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they they meet, um, they kiss. Carrie Carrie brings up the question. I love 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 the scene in the cafeteria in the coffee shop at the beginning where Charlotte's like. <gasps> You're marrying him. People move. <laughs> She's so unhinged in that moment. And even Carrie's like, are you, like are you okay? Calm down, <laughs> mad woman. Yeah, Charlotte's like carried away by the romance of like, it's her high school boyfriend. But then I enjoy when um, Carrie's like, I broke up with him because I thought there must be better guys out there. Turns out they're on. <laughs> <laughs> they're not very good. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy um, that. Who, who was your high school boyfriend, Dylan? Um, I did have a high school boyfriend. Um, he was very sweet. Uh, he, I think he still lives back where I went to school. Um, but we we went to prom together. Oh. He was he was a few years older, but not like inappropriately older. He was like he was forty seven, <laughs> and also my teacher. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, he was my history teacher, and it was so romantic. No, I think he was like when I was. 16 he was like 19 which you know that's, that's yeah right. yeah um, that's within the window of acceptability yeah i think so yeah um but yeah he was lovely We're, and yeah we had a nice uh a nice time and just split up when i amiably when i came to london for uni oh i didn't have a high school boyfriend because it was the 90s mm. and it was not a safe environment for me to be out mm. um i Interestingly, he did have a high school crush on a guy who did later turn out to be gay. So it would have worked back then. It wouldn't have worked now. Um, and yeah, that was cute. We were in RS together. So we we would sometimes look at each other across the five pillars of Islam. You know, <laughs> so romantic. But no, I never, I never dated anyone in school. I didn't really date anyone until I got to university. Um, also, I was really ugly when I was... No, <laughs> no. Oh, I was a funny-looking teenage Dylan. I've kind of a had a lot of cosmetic surgery, but also very much grown into my features okay. as well. Um, um, I did think though with that. I mean, we could just get onto the question now because this. I mean, like, yeah. Did it, we have it right in high school? Yeah, and it's a question that is quite could be potentially quite a sensitive topic for like a lot of queer people because yeah, a lot of us were cheated of having a proper love life in high school either because of oh. homophobia or transphobia or just because of unfortunately pure statistics like a lot of the time there just wasn't another gay person who we knew or queer person who we knew in high school or never mind date oh. um yeah so maybe some of us didn't have the option to have it right in high school because there wasn't an option <laughs> exactly yeah there was i think and that's really interesting it's only at times like this that you realize we are two queer people 
Yes, I forget. Um, I forget sometimes. Pos- <laughs> yeah, we did. We didn't want. Well, because we we quite deliberately because this we love this one so much. We didn't want to bring a guest on. <laughs> yeah. Because we didn't want to, to take away from basically us talking about our favorite episode, <laughs> and also there have been quite a lot of volunteers for this episode down the years as well. So I'm just kind of like, yeah, maybe no, because yeah. it's not fair. If so many people have requested the Jerry Halliwell one that it doesn't seem fair to pick just one person. Yeah. But no. um, yeah, I think. What must that have been like to have a normal high school experience? Like all my cishet friends were dating in high school. Weirdly, now this, I do find this quite strange. And Spencer and Annabelle, if you're listening to this, sorry. Um, Rosie and Richard, sorry. But I know people who are still with their high school boyfriend. Wow, yes, I've heard. That's, that that's is quite the chilling for me. <laughs> Although, is, or is it just lovely is it just lovely that people are still with the person they fell for in school? Mm. Maybe they're right. Maybe there is nobody better. <laughs> no, that's just not true. Because, <laughs> like, okay, so who would I... Right, okay. I'm thinking of the guys that if I could have had my pick of guys from Bingley Grammar School in 1999. Um... Okay, the gay guys have turned out really good. Mm. Like, so eligible. So many eligible gay guys coming out of my year at school. Shout out to the graduating class of 1999. But the straight guys have not set the world alight. Yeah. Um, and this I'm is... Juno Dawson. I'm Juno fucking Dawson. <laughs> you need to be a certain standard. Um... But this is the other thing about like, and this is the silver lining, I guess, to being queer is like, it does, and not that staying in your hometown is not valid. Like that's great if that suits you, but it does often like force you to kind of get up and get out and experience the world, Mm -hmm. especially if you don't know any other queers in your hometown. Um, That's certainly why I got myself to London literally as quickly as possible. I I was here when I I just turned 18, I was living here. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I, I similarly, I knew, I knew, I had to work really hard at school because I knew it was the only way that I was getting out of Bingley. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I did. Yeah. So, and look at us now. <laughs> and look at us now on a podcast, just talking about a show we watched when we were in school. Okay, <laughs> hang on, hang around. on. Maybe we did have it right in high school. <laughs> we're still talking about the things we liked. Um, um, and what are we watching now? I mean, yeah, like, what am I watching now? Um, Succession, that's that's pretty good, I guess. Mm. <laughs> I think it's very hard for me to say I had it right in high school when I didn't come out as trans until I was, what, 30? Mm. Um, what I will say is my high school years were really important in, in formulating who I was. And it was where, when I met my best friends, Kerry, Phyllis and Beth, who were so foundational in changing who I am you know I would not be me if it hadn't been for the really positive influence that those women made on me when we were in school I mean I was absolutely lost and they found me when we were 16 and they made me know it was okay to be me they were queer as well and you know they sort of brought out this rebelliousness within me that made me sort of realize that I shouldn't be trying to be like the other people in my school because I was better. Mm. And nobody had told me that before. People had just told me to conform. 
Um, so while I didn't know who I was in school, my high school years were really, really important. Mm. Yeah, that's that's lovely that you're still friends with. I'm I'm only close, still close friends with one one person from my from my. Is that high because school. you're horrible and off putting? <laughs> it's because I'm. It's because I ditch everyone. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> no, like I I think I just didn't have a huge. Well, it's partly to do with the fact that I went to an all boys. Um, oh. Prime, uh, secondary school, oh. which I'm. I, I was thinking, you what you've said has made me realise as well that um. I am glad about that because I think it's made me, um, I think it, it's get, my high school experience has sort of given me the power to kind of be okay in like most social situations. Like I don't, I'm fine when I'm surrounded with lots of straight men, which unfortunately is a, is a good, is a good tool to have still in society. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know, but I didn't, uh, I didn't have an awful, awful time of it, which is good. I am glad. Um, I'm glad. I mean, I'm certainly glad that I left Bingley. Mm. I think I, it was a small town where there were some small-minded attitudes in that town as well. I think it was necessary for me to leave. But again, that was something that I did figure out in high school. So in, in answer to Carrie's question, and I think this is something that I've seen as a young adult author as well, which is, there is a real lack of respect for teenagers. They, you know, they are maligned in culture as being clueless or vicious or, you know, superficial. especially teenage girls aren't given a lot of credit. But actually, I think we know ourselves. That's when we bec- that's when we start to know ourselves. Um, so, yeah, maybe Carrie and Jeremy. Maybe could have all gone off. I like as well, I think. There's a little bit, there's a little bit of interesting vocabulary around mental health issues Mm. in that it's referred to as a loony bin. Um, He refers to it as a, does he refer to it as a psychiatric facility or a mental institution? Does he call it a mental institution? Uh, A mental facility. I think he says it in a much more measured way than the ladies and Stanford refer to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are some like quite bad lines at the start, like when he says that and then Carrie's voiceover says, actually, that's the worst thing you can possibly hear. And it's mm. like, is it? Um, the end of the end of the episode does some relief around that in that yeah. she admits it's the one of the sanest breakups she's ever had. Yeah. Um, and also we have Carrie's non-judgmental streak coming through again. She's mm. all, uh, ironically, even though she's a nightmare in many ways, she's always been quite non-judgmental like she still despite like the other girls like making fun of it she still was like no I'm gonna go and see him at the mental mental institution um Mm -hmm. and the deal breaker wasn't the in the end wasn't the fact that he was in a mental institution it was the fact that he was there for like quite a long time like remember when she balks when he's like oh I'm gonna be here for another five months and she's like oh okay um, and Not it's... to mention the feces man, yeah. my favourite cameo <laughs> in all of Sex and the Me City. too. I think way too much. <laughs> <laughs> feces. Um, and yeah, it's like a mutual thing, isn't it? Like they're both sort of a like, oh, that's not the right time, which is fine, isn't it? Yeah, and I think what's really interesting is that this was two thousand two, two thousand three, a word that Jeremy would absolutely be using now instead of mental facility would be wellness resort yes (laughs) so the thing is things have changed we've undergone this 
cultural shift where the notion of taking time out for your mental health is encouraged it's yeah. actively encouraged whether you call it self-care wellness a sabbatical you know these are taking time for yourself you know this is you know a different world and i think now i think things have changed i think i i can't speak for juno spears which i don't know if that's a i suspect it's probably not a real facility um so we've now got juno dawson juno birch juno spears <laughs> Juno Rush. And Juno Rush. <laughs> mm. Um Juno the Juno Spears Wellness <laughs> Clinic. Um I think it would be different now and I think Carrie potentially might still have been like hmm because the the details of Jeremy's mental health aren't really disclosed. They mm. don't really talk about what's going on for Jeremy because obviously Carrie doesn't ask. <laughs> obviously, just, obviously doesn't ask. Like, is it is it burnout? Is does he have psychosis? We don't know what the fuck is wrong with Jeremy. Yeah. Um. But I think now the notion that Jeremy is Jeremy is doing some self care would just be a wholly positive thing. Yeah. She like... might have questions about. So what have you left your career? Are you having a career change? Mm. But um. Yeah. Like Stanford refers to it as a red flag. At one point, he's like, "Oh, this mm. is what happens when you sleep with someone. You ignore the red flags." But I think now, like, it's the that would be the opposite of a red flag. You'd be like, "Oh, wow, they're like in touch with their mental health and they're looking after he's themselves." He's doing the work. Yeah, exactly. It's the it's a I don't know green flag. <laughs> ah, but well, absolutely. This I mean, this is a real sign of the times that I like to think now we we would all be encouraging people to find people who can have those conversations about mental health and are not sticking their head in the sand or denying there's a problem or kind of self-medicating through drink and drugs. You know, that we're, we're sort of like, this is a guy, he's in therapy. Like, he seems to have his shit together. Jeremy, out of all the men carried dates, is the one who is best able to talk about his feelings. He's almost like the anti-big like yeah and in fact she likes men who can't talk about their feelings properly because Aiden yeah all of them basically Berger. Petrovsky can't really like um oh, Petrovsky's just a... <laughs> well, we'll oh we'll get to Petrovsky but um you got a comic <laughs> he's banana um but um we won't be doing the Russian accent every week <laughs> actually Maybe we we <laughs> I was gonna say I don't know if we can keep that promise. I sorry, I rescind I rescind that promise. Um but no D- Jeremy the pro- the problem with Jeremy is that he wouldn't work in TV because there's no drama. Yeah. So it's you know, it's just kind of unless I mean there's potentially a very dark series where he where Carrie had to kind of where she stuck with him and was working through dating a man who has psychotic episodes mm. or who ha- has um bipolar or borderline you know something something where he experiences noted shifts in behavior or mood would be you know that would be very heavy for sex in the city mm. but um we'll never know because jeremy never comes back mm. ever again yeah. Um, or maybe and just like that, Je- <laughs> maybe we're bringing we're bringing them all back. Maybe Jeremy could come back to and just like that. Um, That'd be great. A different one of them it. every episode. Power Lad comes back. 
Um, <laughs> oh, no, not power lab. <laughs> Mrs. Adams is still there on the balcony looking exactly the same. <laughs> God, I wonder what happened with Power Lad. <laughs> he definitely still has a lot of toys. Yeah. Maybe he has got a wife and some kids now, but their house has like a full size stormtrooper in, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And like a Ms. Ms. Pac Man machine, like in the living room. (laughs) I bet he inherited a lot from his parents as well. Yeah. So, yeah, just like, just basically still a man child. Let's take a little break because we have got we've we've barely scratched the surface of this episode. And when we come back from the break, we will be talking Jerry Halliwell, Amanda Lepore, and the queer prom. See you in a second. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, welcome back to So I Got to Thinking. And we just interrupted, boy interrupted, for those brief promotional messages. Um, Okay, let's get into it. Ginger Spice is in this episode. Looking... Like, should we do a scene break? Like a scene breakdown? <laughs> like, because it's like being hit in the face with a frying pan <laughs> on so many different levels. So we've got Samantha in like an incredible red halt neck in mm-hmm. what, like 35 degree heat, um, mm-hmm. stomping, pumping down the road with a fan. And then Jerry Halliwell is just there. Looking. It's like a jump scare. She <laughs> yeah. like bursts out. It's, Bursa, like, yeah. it's like insidious or something. Flanked by two like very nineties looking men, male models, gay gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, with the in... way, with the immortal phrase Samantha Jones. Um, do you know what? I find, amazing. Do you know what I find? So I mean, this very short performance. This like what four second performance is one of the most talked about performances <laughs> on Sex in the City, and I think part of the reason is so. There's a few dodgy British accents in this episode, which you know yeah. we always enjoy. But mm. Jerry Halliwell sounds like someone who is American pretending to do a British accent for some reason. 
but she's British. So <laughs> the the story goes, Jerry massively lobbied for this part. Did she? Like okay. like a like much of her past Spice Girls career, she door stopped <laughs> Sex in the City and almost wouldn't go away <sighs> until they cast her in a part. And so this is what she came up with. At the time, she was com- she really wanted to be an actor. There's lots of rumours that she also auditioned for Charlie's Angels around the same time as well. Oh, wow. Um, as did Victoria Beckham, actually. Um, and um, so she really... she There was a documentary that I saw years ago around this era where she decided she wanted to be a Bond girl as well. <laughs> so this is... But this is... What from what little I know of Jerry, she is an amazing ideas woman. Yeah, like the Spice Girls wouldn't exist if it hadn't been for Jerry, sort of managing the vibe of the Spice Girls. Kind of, I mean, she was definitely the creative director of the Spice Girls, and I think post Spice Girls, she had lots of ideas. And I'm for that. I love, I love a person who doesn't see barriers. Like no matter how ridiculous, <laughs> Jerry was well connected enough to be able to say. I want to be a Bond girl, get me an audition to be in a Bond film. Yeah. I want to be on Sex and the City, you know, and... and Listen, we like the hustle, like... We love the hustle. Yeah, yeah. And let's not forget, Jerry was not a natural singer or dancer, and yet she was in one of the most influential music acts of the 90s. You know, and more than that, she was a vital part. Like, when Jerry left, they stopped being the Spice Girls. Yeah. That is a hill I will die on. Um, And again here... She gives it everything she's got. <laughs> is it is it like like a natural acting <laughs> style? Like, does it is it reminiscent of like normal people? No, <laughs> she's not the next Paul Mescal. But um, it's so. I mean, the the so the 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 dialogue. Samantha Jones. Then Samantha or Kim Cattrall possibly looking quite taken unawares. It's almost like I wonder if they, they hadn't told Kim Cattrall that Ginger Spice was going to be in this episode. <laughs> so it's like a jump scare for her as well. And she's just been told, just respond with the word Phoebe. <laughs> so Samantha's like, Phoebe! <laughs> um, and Jerry slash Phoebe Kittenworth, as is her name, says... We've just been to Soho House Pool for a dip. What else can you do in this heat except swim in the pool, drink cocktails, get misted with Avion? Isn't it the best? <laughs> the way she says, the vehemence with which she says best is yeah. a, a sight Isn't to behold. Isn't it the best? It's, it was a strange, I always thought it was a strange choice to make her a fictional character rather than just have Samantha be like, oh, hi, Jerry. Like, because... Yes, like Lucy Liu. Yeah. yeah it would have made way more sense. Yeah, it's yeah. feasible that Samantha would have known Jerry Halliwell. Um, yeah, odd. And then we get to Soho House. Uh, mm-hmm. Samantha tries her luck getting in and is yeah. greeted by our first non-British British Fake person Brit. who yeah. says, I'm sorry, but we are not currently admitting any new members. <laughs> the pool is so fabulous. We're at capacity every day. <laughs> oh, there was a shade of your Club Silencio um, Dorothy accent in that. Just there. Thank you. My Kira Knight accent. Hello. <laughs> I look quite pretty, don't I? Um, um, I saw, listeners, I saw Juno for the first time in her amazing performing troupe. Uh, Club Silencio recently and was in stitches at her performance. It was very good. 
<laughs> we we will be repeating the performances. We we are we're doing another run in August. Oh, Pride! If you want to come down, yes, um, amazing. What was I going to say? Um, yeah. So she goes to her house. This wouldn't work now, obviously, because you you check into her house with your phone. Yes. Now. Yeah. Possibly because of Samantha Jones, she ruined it for everyone. <laughs> Annabelle um, Bronstein. Annabelle Bronstein. Um, I love the idea because I mean. Back in, back in the day, I think there would have only been two Soho houses. I think there was just the London one and the New York one. Yeah, and also I think now it's definitely not that hard to get into. Like, I've been to Soho House like six times and I'm not a member, so... You can sign in a guest. So I am a member. You can sign in a guest. Yeah. There is still a wait list that is still accurate. They only take in new admissions um quarterly. Yeah. So depending on depending on when you get your application in you could be waiting three months so it's feasible actually that samantha would have been and that's true of anyone i mean i i do have friends on the inside and even my my application was hurried along but it's still you can't just doorstop soho house and demand membership that is just not (laughs) how it works because soho house is not it's the idea was it's meant to be the antithesis of gentlemen's clubs so they it's supposed to be for the arts you're not allowed to wear a suit in soho house mm. um you're not really you're only allowed to use laptops in certain areas so the, the whole point of soho house is that it's you know they are very selective with their membership but if you are a person who works in the arts there is absolutely no reason why you wouldn't be accepted as a member it just might take three months mm. kind of um, she also wouldn't be so allowed, I'm... like, at one point she's got, like, Carrie, Charlotte, Miranda and Stamford as her guests. By the, I think the you can sign in up to four guests. Oh. I think, or is it up to three? So you can, you can, you can sign guests in. Oh. Um, um, I've signed in three, so it's definitely at least three. Um oh. Yes, it's I, I I enjoy having a little. I don't live in London anymore, so it's nice to have a little base. That's how I use Soho. They've house. got one in a uh, like a... Brighton now, haven't they? Isn't one just open? We do Brighton? have one in Brighton, yeah. the Brighton Beach House, which is nice. But I am, um, for me, my the reason I joined Soho House was because if I've got like two hours between meetings, mm. there's nothing sadder than just roaming London. Mm. Oh, I'll just go walk around H and M home. <laughs> just, just <laughs> meander through Selfridges, looking at things I can't really afford. So it's um. So yeah, that's that's why I remember. Um, but yes, Shoreditch House does have a rooftop pool yes. where you could go for a dip. But I'll tell you what they won't do. Missed you with Evian. <laughs> I've been in Sir House many times and nobody has missed you with, with Evian. I went to... Um, so I ended up going to Soho House Festival last summer and it was... Uh, an experience <laughs> um i realized that i was in an uh, that it was a festival <clears throat> unlike any i'd ever been to when i saw a woman pouring patron over a plate of oysters that she had and she was dousing them in patron and i was like okay i'm not in i'm not in a hoopla <laughs> anymore toto <laughs> this isn't hoopla yeah. <laughs> yeah that's yeah that sounds about right but um yes they do a big membership for people under 30, though, a big discount. Mm. So actually they actively want young, less, mm. less minted people. Mm. Um, so anyway, she does get in. She Samantha steals a card. She masks raises Annabelle Bronstein. It doesn't go well when our second fake Brit 
of the episode <laughs> challenges her. It's interesting, the American pool boy, the cute pool boy, he doesn't clock that she's not Annabelle. Yes. But the second one, who has the, the most egregious <laughs> British accent I've heard for a long time, it's like, excuse me. <laughs> as am I. Miss Bronstein <laughs> is from Sussex, as am I. <laughs> also, like, strange that, like, Sussex doesn't the really... Sussex, a totally generic accent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how would you recognise or not recognise this? It's just like, sort of my accent. It's just like a non Very long accent. vowel sounds in Sussex, mm. is what I will say. A little bit West Country, um, yeah. Mm. So there's um, a bright... A br- there, I think there's a very distinct Brighton accent, like... Miss Dawson, I can't find my reading book. Um, kind of, it's sort of a bit East End, but kind of, yeah, it's different. (laughs) It is subtly different. Um, like Lydia Lascaris. Well, there's one on that Danny Minogue dating show at the moment. There's a couple of Brighton guys, and it's not London, Mm, but it is a bit Cockney sort of. Um, anyway, um, yeah, um, Miss Bronstein. I, I mean, I think my favourite line is how far Samantha is willing to go <laughs> to not get kicked out of her house, including my favourite bit, which is, I was raised in Inja. <laughs> Actually, like, quite a good lie. Like, yeah. like as you know, like, she picked quite a, like, because that's difficult to find out. Um, yeah. And I love, like, the ladies behind them just sort of, like, slowly getting their stuff and, like, sneaking <laughs> off. And particularly Carrie just sort of clearly finds it all hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, very funny, very memorable scene. Um, I mean, does does Samantha still think that India is under colonial rule? <laughs> <laughs> Has she been reading her sort of, like, brideshead revisited? I mean, what what is kind of happening? She read uh, The Secret Garden <laughs> recently. Yeah, just like, what the fuck? I love that that's her notion of English people. Yeah. Like, a good number of them are raised in India. <laughs> okay. Um, sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, hilarious subplot genius. Thank you whoever cast Jerry Halliwell as yeah. Phoebe Kittenworth. Although, yeah, now that we think about it, like I said in the pot and synopsis, it is literally just, I mean, it's largely meaningless. It's just that yes. Samantha wanted a pool and she can't have one. Um. <laughs> it kind of, it adds to the, the sort of the, the schooliness of it, the yeah. being in the powerful clique kind of. Um, That's true. And having a pool party with your friends. That's true. Um, while we're at the pool, shall we talk about the brutal outing of Marcus Adan as a sex worker? Yeah, yeah. Um, so they have a clipping, don't they, from Honcho magazine. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony has a clipping from Honcho, which is that, I mean, that is wild how Anthony went back through ancient issues <laughs> of a gay magazine. It does show the pettiness. Which I enjoy. He truly is a bitchy little piner. (laughs) And this is why I couldn't ever get on board with Stanford and Anthony being together. Yeah, because I forgot, like, Anthony, like, literally... They despise each other. He literally screws up his relationship. Um, I did enjoy it when Anthony said, wake up and smell the KY. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I was a bit unsure. What did I write up? So Stanford says... In the end, when he and Carrie are discussing it later and he tells mm. Carrie that he and Marcus have broken up, he says, it's not the escort thing that bothers me, it's the lying. I don't mm. buy that, Stanford, because if Marcus had been lying about any other job, would you be bothered? Like, if Marcus had neglected to tell you that he was a waiter, would you have given a shit? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think Marcus had any particular... Um, 
obligation to tell him, really. Especially since it was, what, fucking six years ago, seven years ago. It's mad. And I, th- I think, like, if you live in a big city like New York, and if you're a queer person, you have, you're going to know people who've done sex work, even on a very sort of casual yeah. Sort of like being like a cam model or something. You need, it's just. Particularly the gays. It's, it's more, com- I think it's particularly common with, with uh, gay men. Yeah. It seems, it seems a little funny, but either way, their response to Marcus being a sex worker isn't particularly enlightened. Mm. Um, but no, I mean, I like, I like the scene, Stanford, the scene where he finds that out. Um, like I felt his genuine shock. Like yeah. that sense of that awful sinking feeling of when you've caught someone in a lie or something is, is really horrible. Um, Charlotte was really naughty to gossip about it. <laughs> but like Charlotte, that is not information I could have kept to myself. I would have, in fact, they would have already known if it was me, let's be honest. I would have been like, look, screen grab WhatsApp group. Um, I did like them passing along the, um, the clipping. That was funny. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, poor sweet Charlotte. But I told him you were very much in love. Oh, oh Charlotte. But you did bring this about yourself. Um, um, and then they, but then they get back together at the prom. They do. Although, do you know what? I oh no, we do see Marcus again. Mm. He's at the dinner party Petrovsky hosts mm. at the hotel Petrovsky, but we don't see a lot of Marcus ever again. Mm. Because by obviously by the time the first film rolls around, Marcus is a thing of the past. Just gone, yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've just it got... Is, it is all done. We've just got Miranda and Robert oh. Leeds. Um, oh, he <laughs> is so gorgeous. Oh, so stunning. When he's oh. like, when he's like biting his lip at that cheerleader. Oh, I got a, I got a tingle when he did that. <laughs> <laughs> Was was it him or was it the cheerleader sticking her tongue out? It might have been her. I looked her up. Her name is Marcella Guarino, the actor. Um, she nice. has been in this and nothing else. <laughs> maybe she was a real cheerleader. Maybe but, she was in yeah. New York Knicks, and she, maybe she she doesn't have any lines. She could have absolutely just been a cheerleader. Yeah, possibly. Um, she got her own little credit on um, IMDb as the the blonde cheerleader <laughs> and then oh, the rest of the them were and then the rest of them were the next cheerleaders so yeah i mean she... although i can't listen to rolling <laughs> down the river by by tina turn and for this reason <laughs> like that little hip that hip pump she does the hip wiggle ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. um I mean... poor miranda so miranda also is having a high school moment where she is feeling like molly ringwald in Pretty in Pink or something. She's she's like having a John Hughes fantasy where she loves hot Dr. Robert Leeds, but he's more interested in the perky cheerleader. Mm. Or so she thinks, because they get it on in the end, don't they? <gasps> he does the kiss, the very sexy kiss near the lockers. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Which again, like high school, they're in like the locker mm. room. Um, and then there's the very brief, which I always find very funny, just the very brief roaming shot of them like really fucking <laughs> um while rolling on a river's playing um yeah yeah good for miranda yeah well good for her it's <laughs> all right for some etc um, um i also kind of liked miranda and charlotte hanging out like mm-hmm. um because you don't see it very often just those no. two um like when charlotte mentions that she was a cheerleader 
And Miranda's <laughs> like, you never told me that because I would have mocked you endlessly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I mean, surely Miranda would have been more surprised to learn that Charlotte hadn't been a cheerleader. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> like, yeah. Um, that would have been the true surprise. Oh, yeah, I thought they were all a bunch of bitches. What? <laughs> um... Oh, it was, it's like, why do we think this is our favourite episode? It can't just be the fact that Jerry Halliwell's in it. I, it, I was thinking, like, as it ended, it's almost got, it almost, it, I think it has just no right to be as good as it is. So it's like a random yeah. episode in the middle of season six. Episodes mm-hmm. in final seasons of shows are rarely among the best, I think. And when it ends, it even has, like, season finale vibes. Like mm-hmm. um, when Carrie says anything is possible, this is New York at the end, and then it pans up over like Lady Bunny and like the prom and stuff. It just feels like a sort of occasion. Did you use the phrase before, like an occasion episode or like a? Yeah. It feels like that destination episode. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, destination episode. Yeah. I wonder if this is because obviously we know season six was split into two, and I wonder if they thought this because this is the halfway point of the season. Mm. This is literally halfway through. I wondered if they thought this was where they were going to take their mid-season break. Mm. Because obviously next week we get into business. Biggie's back, then Petrovsky. Um, so I wonder, yeah, you're right. Because that that monologue about anything can happen, this is New York, feels very season finale. Mm. I have a theory as well why we might have plucked this one out. Which is without a shadow of a doubt, this is the most... LGBTQ plus episode they ever did. I thought that too. Um, And I remember Carrie smiling as Marcus and Stanford reunited Mm. at the time said a lot to me as a queer person watching, which is that Carrie was there for us and had our back. Yeah. And it's really nice when, even though she's like slightly kind of um, poking fun at mental health when she says it, but it's really nice when at the prom she says, oh, it's good to be back amongst the normal people as, like, mm-hmm. drag queen couples, like, spin around her. Um, yeah, she's an ally. <laughs> A true carrier. And she's always been, you know, she's had... Stanford was her friend in episode one. Yeah. But there was something about seeing her with Amanda Lepore and Lady Bunny right in the heart of the queer community. Yeah. Sort of embracing Stanford and having Stanford embrace her back. That felt like a real message from Sarah Jessica Parker saying, we've got you. Yeah, Like, totally. here at Sex and the City, we have got your back. Yeah. And that is something that has continued in Twan Just Like That. You know, I will say this, I thought the handling of the rock storyline in And Just Like That was handled very ably. Yeah, it was good. I think Sex and the City, yes, it was a show that was created by gay men, but I think it's a show that has continued to be an ally. Yeah, um, for sure. Always. To everybody except Chadia. <laughs> I also, yeah, I wondered, I half wondered, particularly in that very end scene, if it was like a pride, if it came out around pride or something, or like some sort of significant, had like gay marriage, no, too early for gay marriage to have been legalised, mm. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I yeah, it, there was some sort of that. There was a definite whiff of that to it, which was really nice. And so I wonder if that that for me, it's an amazing episode. You've got Jerry, you've got David Duchovny, but I just think having that little bit of because Stanford doesn't often get his own storylines. Mm. So the fact that we do get a bit of a little Stanford moment is is really really special. And I still and and not to forget that the Samantha storyline is hilarious without her needing to have some sort of weird sex like 
Samantha dates a man who's built out of dildos. You know, like, there, there is that kind of recurring thing with Samantha, isn't it? Which is now she's dating the baby talk guy. Now she's dating the HIV test guy. You know, yeah. so it's not about a man. It's just about Samantha being Samantha, kind of. Yeah, that's true, Her actually. ego kind of getting in the way of things. That's true. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So we love this one. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Boy interrupted. Five out um, of let five. Let us know what you think. Five out of five scrunchies. Oh, all the scrunchies. <laughs> um, do you love this one as well, listeners? What are your favorite? Tell us your favorite episodes mm. as well. Drop, drop us a line. Let us know your faves. Mm. Um, until next time, um, stay safe, and we will be back, um, back next time when Mr. Big is in for a heart blockage. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's very allegorical. Um, Bye for now. Bye. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.